Welcome, everyone, to a really weird episode of Weekly Games Chat. I am your host, Chris, as always, joined by my co-host, Remotely Sean. <laughs> What's going on, people? Yeah, this is weird. I'm actually in the comfort of my own home today. What? Yeah. You're never, we're never doing this again, by the way. Never. <laughs> well, it, it actually, it turned out better than we thought. Like last night, we're testing the sound, and I'm using the mic I use for DJing, which, of course, I use in a live environment, you know, through a DJ board and it just wasn't sounding the same as an actual, the mic we use normally. Yeah. So uh, Chris was like, dude, let's just do this tomorrow. You just grabbed a mic. It's going to be better. I'm not worried about it. And literally when we finally get on where we're recording right now, Chris is like, there's no reason to test. Let's just go. You sound fantastic. <laughs> I am like the messing with things as we talk. Which is and this funny. is when you say, I actually needed a pretty much by Chris just then. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, but uh, what about the and my and my other co-host? Oh no. Yeah, apparently he is sick. He got he was like messaging. He's like, I'm not feeling good today, and he was swamped at work, and I felt really bad for him. Uh, and I was just like, look, if you feel sick, like truly sick, like not like you know, I just don't feel good, but like you feel like you're getting a fever, don't come over here, you know. It's like, I, I am swamped in my job right now this week. I had to, I couldn't stream last night, you know, and now I'm trying to get another thing done, which is going to impact this episode. <laughs> Sean knows what it is. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's going to be really interesting. Um, well, this, is, this is weird because I'm able to kind of control my own screens now as we talk. I kind of, I, I got to be honest, I'm digging it, but yeah. at the same time, it's weird because uh, to not maximize or, you know, not stress our resources, we don't have video going. I'm hearing Chris through my headphones through his webcam camera, yeah, which is different. Uh, it sounds more like a phone on speakerphone, and like I said, we don't see each other. We like that interaction, but because this is such a weird episode, I was telling Chris on, on the drive home. Uh, like like we say, it's a weird episode. John's out. We're we're going over our topic. You got a thing going on. My my wife, your wife, is not in town. So it's just like, let's just be, let this be the quirky May episode of 2019. Let's do it. Yes. One off. <laughs> um, not really What'd you much get into this week. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of NBA basketball, which was really messed up for game of Thrones. Right. Cause I was watching, I'm watching game of Thrones, but at the same time on my uh, phone, I have, um, <laughs> I have the game pulled up and I'm watching like, you know, the, uh, this game is tied game seven Raptors and 76ers. And, Right as that battle was starting, right? You know what I'm talking about, Sean? Yeah. That's when the game winning shot went down. So it was like, ah, but then I like completely just threw my <laughs> phone down. I was like, good job, Kawhi. All right, oh. dragon. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing was, uh, I, I completely forgot about NBA basketball. Yeah. So the next yeah. day, you know, uh, I, you, you, after Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones airs, I'm sure that if they're fans of the show that listen to us too, obviously they're people for who sure. listen to us and like Game of Thrones. Uh, you have your site you maybe go to for your feedback. Uh, I'm sure we got our, our, our fans who hate, uh, I don't want to say hate, but maybe they're not satisfied with what's going on in season eight so far. Yeah. Or there's some of us just, just we have go to, you know, episode review websites or, or people on YouTube that we go to. So I'm making the rounds and I know that mine always take a little bit to update, especially since I get into work early Monday. So I click on ESPN.com and apparently the shot Kawhi Leonard makes is one of those shots that you're like, how did that just happen? Only it's, time, it's, only time <laughs> where it was literally a walk off game seven tied game buzzer beater. Like that has never happened before in the NBA playoffs. 
and, th- and then the way when you watch it, I always – so the first thing I'll do is I'll watch the shot and I'll yeah, see yeah. that that's how the shot goes down. Then when I watch it again, I'm looking at the crowd because one of the things that that really just makes me you know, be awestruck in the moment is is that moment where, where the crowd is breathless. And then as soon as the shot goes in, after – like in this case, it bounced like three or four times. Um, it's pure just – Pandemonium. Yeah. Pandemonium. <laughs> unless you're uh, unless you're Joel Joel Embiid, then you're crying. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I want to give a shout out to the Philly fans if we have any that listen. I mean, think about where you guys were a few years ago. You were in a known I forget the term they use, but basically you were in rebuild mode. Yeah. Like think things were gonna eventually be to where they are now. I think you're one or two key players away. Well the sad part is they're gonna have to go blow that team up now. Yeah. But I, I was gonna say they were one or two players away. I think they needed a true point guard. Yeah, I heard oh, that yeah, on the radio, yeah. and I went, you know what? Well, You're they right, had Mark Fultz, but they traded him to get yeah. uh, Jimmy Butler, which well, is Jimmy, a good move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then you lose a true point. Yeah, and on a team like that, I think it really thrived having a true point guard. I don't know. Well, um, I'm on so the people, uh, I'm officially huh? on the Bucks bandwagon <laughs> to win it all. I think uh, this is going to be like. I mean, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe they'll finally show their youth a little bit, but I honestly believe that team is about to be kind of the way it was like the first year Golden State, like one where I was looking at the finals and you're like, they're playing Cleveland with, you know, and yeah, sure. Uh, what you call it was hurt. Kyrie was hurt, but you know, you're like Kevin Love, LeBron James, they're going to win this, you know, or my, no, I'm sorry. It was the last year in Miami. That's what it was. It was the last year of Miami with uh, Bosch and, and Dwayne Wade and yeah. LeBron. And I was like, but man, it's like, there's no way they're being that. Uh, and, then, yeah. and honestly, <laughs> I just had not seen a lot of them that year because, you know, they're, they're on the West Coast. So I wasn't seeing them as much. And they were the rising team. And it feels a lot like that's been the case this year in this offseason. Not a lot of people saw the Bucks play this year, you know, not until yeah, they, late. They were in a weird market, right? I mean, yeah. like if you think about it, unless you're kind of in their market, you, maybe you caught a few ESPN games, but yeah, like I mean, if we live in an area where we're going to see Hawks basketball a lot. Yeah, if you're like looking at the national games, like yeah, Bucks were on there, but I guarantee you that's not the game you're you're going to make sure you don't miss, right? right. It's going to be Golden State and you know uh, whoever probably is what you were definitely like Golden State Houston whenever they were on this right. year, everyone's going to watch that. But you know, not a lot of people were looking at the Bucks and like. Someone, I can't remember who it was, put up this statistic. I think it was Nick Wright from FS1. Uh, he was saying the Bucks this year won 51 games by double digits or more. And right. it's like every team that has ever done that in the NBA history has won the championship. And he said that might not happen because of Golden State. But he's like, if y'all don't think they're going to not at least win the East <laughs> – I was like, you got another thing. Uh, going, yeah. Right? You know, unless they just fall apart, there's no reason to think they won't. Cause that's what they've just done all year. They like get to the third quarter and they just, they kind of do what the Warriors do. They just go off. <laughs> well, it's really funny. If you, if you listen to any kind of sports radio right now and they're talking about basketball, it's, it's the, it's a foregone conclusion that Golden State's going to be in the finals. For they sure. still got to play Portland. Yeah. And they could win too, especially <laughs> because they ain't going to have KD tonight. <laughs> so you never know how it's going to play out, but. I think until that team gets blown up, I, it's just one of those things where. I mean, this year, if you, <laughs> maybe, but a lot of people are saying everybody thinks Kevin Durant maybe gets you know lured to New York or he goes somewhere or. Oh yeah, I think he's definitely. I mean, he might come back, but if he comes back, that means that Clay's not getting a max deal, and it sounds like that's what he wants. Do you think? 
I, I'm not on the on the list of I think Clay deserves a max deal. I think like like in the in the I think he deserves a great deal because I think he's an integral part of what Golden State does. But I think he deserves a huge deal. Huge, huge. I mean, like, put it this way. Let me just pull up the stats just to make sure I got it right. Oh, stats. I can pull stats too, buddy. <laughs> oh. And the lotteries tonight too. Or maybe I can't pull them because, like, right now my internet's like, whoa, dude. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I, I think you got good internet, buddy. Yeah, no, but we're, we're, we're doing this and I'm, like, recording everything. But where was it? It was Friday oh, Why night. did I go to ESPN? Okay. Friday night, I mean, like, yeah, obviously the best uh, player on the court Friday was, what you call it, Steph Curry, but I think everyone forgets, you know, like because Clay used to be the number two, right? And went to being the number three once uh KD came in town. He played in in a you know key game six where no one was giving them a shot to win that game because it was at Houston, right? Right. He played forty minutes, shot fifty percent from the field, hit seven of thirteen of three pointers, and had twenty seven points. You know? So <laughs> <laughs> if that's not a number two guy that gets a max deal from someone, you know, then it's like if you're KD or I'm sorry, KT and, and you, especially if you win this year, it's not like you need another championship. Like that's going to be your only drive at this point. Dude's got right. his championship. He's been playing for less money these last couple of years. So they could have KD. I think now he wants his due pay. You know, he's, he wants to be like, Steph's getting paid 40 million. Why am I not at least getting paid like 25 to 30? And Possibly. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a fair argument. It and, really is. And that's what they're saying. Like they're saying just between those two guys, then you're talking like a 40 or $75 million cap. And now we're getting the analytics of basketball finance. That's just great. Weekly games chat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the other big thing really this week was, uh, the game of Thrones watch still going on. People yeah. still piss off at just the way it is. <laughs> Yeah, I I was thinking today about, you know, even even our discussion since the episode aired or since episodes have aired this season. It's what they're doing, though, is we're still talking about it. We still are yes. theorizing about it. Um, there are some people who have who have problems with the way things are going. Yes. Without giving any spoilers there. there there's a team of people who are like, you know what? Be thankful that we got this and everything is making sense. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I think can that, find huh? sense in what they do. Like, that's yeah. not been the hard part. It's just more so the... You haven't read the books, right? No. In the, and I know that, yeah, you have. Yeah. In the books, like, you have this... Advantage. <laughs> you have a very big <laughs> advantage that occurs, which is that they're consistently telling you... The way they're written is they're written from uh, different characters' perspectives. So, like, one of... Like, within the books, there are sections. So, like, this is the Arya section. This is the Danny section. You know, the John section, right? And yeah. during those moments, you get, like, a full idea of all their thoughts and everything that was going into... Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Um, <laughs> everything that goes into their decisions. And to be fair, like, because they had all that before when they were going off the books on the show... I think it was very easy for them to roadmap in a way to explain everyone's motivations, their actions, um, and, and like a natural development. Also, they had more episodes per season, right? And right. like now you're in this place where you don't have that. Like George has given them like, this is what's going to happen, right? Um, and I think they've been a lot more reliant of the viewer being able to go back and connect the dots and being okay that everything is kind of just being thrown at them at a very fast pace, which is not what 
has been the tempo for either the show or uh really the books that people fell in love with originally so it's it's been that issue like i, I have a feeling that like when it, if george ever finishes these books with what we got sunday night i think that's what's going to happen in his books too but I think there's going to be so much more groundwork, kind of like more a Harry, context. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a Harry Potter adaptation. Versus, I, I was going to bring that up too. Like I, I had people who, you know, I read all the Harry Potter books, and I, I definitely did not like yeah. the movies as much as the books. And a lot of people always say, "Well, no, you know, no crap. If you read a book, you're going to get more detail. You're going to get sure. more story. Your imagination can run wild. That's you know, that's part of why you read books." Uh, but I've got people who, like I said, didn't read the books. Yeah. Love the movies. Love seeing the wands tie up and have that Ghostbuster yeah, you know, makes look. Sense. And it, it, from a cinematic standpoint, fantastic. But for me, I'm like, but that, that's not how it happened in the book. <laughs> yeah, I think so, it, um, <laughs> like, it, it's just, that's the only part that's really aggravating to me personally. It's just like, I get why they're doing it. It's just that now it feels a lot more like a TV show that I'm used to, which is like, basically instead of explaining people's viewpoints, you're keeping things suppressed so that it's a good shock on TV when it actually comes to right. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I feel like we can spoil things from last season at this point, right. Without giving too much detail. Uh, uh let's do this. Let's there's let's, 50 million people that watched the episode or something like that. Last we, night, so. we got, we got, we, we don't have the millions that yeah, listen yeah. to our show. <laughs> But let, let's say this. This is yeah. right now. If you don't want to hear spoilers for the end, for the end of, for the end of, it looks sounds so terrible. But I'm so glad my neighbors for once can't hear you doing that. Um, but yeah, if you don't want to hear spoilers for the end of season seven, Game of Thrones, just one part of it, like fast forward a minute. Okay. Um, but yeah, like last, last year with Arya and Sansa, that was the big one and Littlefinger, right? Like they normally you feel like you would have seen this groundwork between the characters discussing things and and getting an idea that Sansa really understands that Littlefinger is full full of crap. Right. Where and that, you know, she's using him in, in that thought process. Instead, it's kind of just delegated to a line of her playing off of what Littlefinger says to her. And then, like, there's the scene in the hall where then there's, like, the big reveal, right? Like, nope, Arya's not the one on trial. It's Littlefinger. That just feels very much more like something you would see on a TV show than what would actually happen in the book. So that's where, you know, that's where people are coming from. Right. And spoilers. And I, I, well, I, I totally get that. Yeah, now, if you tune back in to Weekly Games Chat, you are spoiler-free. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, the, yeah. the one good thing about being able to have my Facebook up as you talk, yeah, yeah. you know, with the, with the notes is I just saw a sponsored ad Ooh. by a place called gold belly. And what <laughs> they do is they ship this person, the Chicago's legendary deep dish pizza. No. So it arrived. Yeah. They got I'm services gonna, like that now. They do. My dad and, does um, that for, uh, for crab cakes from Baltimore, from Baltimore. Yeah. From B more. And those are the ones, is that the ones he brings down when you are at the brew and y'all are having the crab? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like 60, 70 bucks, but they're so good. They're like the best I, crab cakes I've ever had. We we had a guy that worked with us in, in the department, you and I both, the last time you worked together in an apartment. And we had a guy who who's no longer with the company, but he, he came down and he he was the one that first got me on a particular website yeah, yeah. About, about getting uh, pizza shipped to you. 
I, I wonder, I, I just, I wish I knew somebody. And I think he was from like the mid Midwest, the Chicago area where he goes, no, it's, it's as close as you can get to a true Chicago pizza. Experience. See, I would be worried more so just because of the way pizza's baked, right? Like being able to recreate that. Like, right. Like it definitely it would be nice right. to have like all the ingredients. Like for instance, not, I, I don't like Chicago pizza. I like New York pizza, but like even then, like having the dough and you know, the fresh, you know, like having a, a family that's perfected their own pizza sauce and all that kind of stuff. That'd be still nicer than anything I could get around here. Um, the one I've always wanted to do from Chicago is that hot dog place, Portillo's. I always oh, yeah. see them places. And I'm like, man, I, I want to try that. And see if it's any better than our terrible varsity in Atlanta. <laughs> what was that? What was that movie? Salma Hayek and Matthew Perry was in, and she shipped him a Fool's I Rush. In? Was it uh, a Grace Papaya? Yeah, it was Fool's Rush in where she shipped him a Grace Papaya hot dog. And ever since then, I've always wanted to have one of those. Huh. The last time I was in New York, we, we we're on the street that that place is at. And I'm like, how do we not go have a hot dog? Got uh, to. There's no there's no ending to the story that says I had a hot dog. We kept walking. No hot dog. <laughs> Boo. Um, but yeah, do you want to get to? Well, well, I was going to say, because normally we talk about like movies we may have watched or whatever, but guess what? Yeah, that's the topic. We can't do that today. Yeah. <laughs> have you yeah. figured it out yet? Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's pivot to the topic. Right. Topic time, 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 time. The topic is Pokemon Detective Pikachu, the movie, the movie, (laughs) it's a movie. Yeah, to add to the quirkiness that is today, let's talk about a movie that that is really tied into us gamers as far as uh, some of our earliest childhood (laughs) memories of video games. I want to first off start off thanking the Pokemon company for... For realizing that there was a gap in the weekly games chat schedule for a topic. Schedule. <laughs> the schedule. And knowing that we needed, uh, we needed some help this week. And we were, we were talking, we were like, wait a minute, we could go watch a movie. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, let's do it. <laughs> Cause I mean, and technically you, you've already, I don't know if you started it, but last night you were able to start playing the game that we're going to talk about next week, which is good. I played and it a little bit. It's always good to have more time to talk about that too. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So I agree. But so yeah, yeah, this is um everyone has had their hopes on this one. You know, let's just be honest, video game movies, unless it's like something from video games kind of being adapted into something else, they just don't have a great history as movies. You know, no one has really figured it out. I think it's mainly personally for someone who kind of looks at the film industry almost as much as he looks at the video game industry. Uh, I've always took as it's because I think Hollywood wants to adapt things to be cookie cutters of what they think works. Right. And, yeah, and, it, and it never, and all those it, things. it's, it's a hard formula to master yeah, uh, thinking that what works on a video game with a, with a, how do you, you do know, final a, fantasy? A, Right, a, a boy or a girl sitting in front of their, you know, computer, mm. and they got their, you know, they're playing their their MMORPG, or that you can make the same experience from, you know, holding an Xbox or PlayStation controller. It just doesn't always equate to the film, and no. it's, it's because a lot of the things we see in video games are so far like out there. It's hard for a theatrical audience to 
to really find that boundary to where it makes sense other than the fanatics who initially go see like one of those movies yeah. you know on opening weekend so it's like you're looking at things even now like this fall with sonic and everyone's just looking at this and i think if you're a video game fan you're going like yeah, how is this for me you know yeah it's like especially like me personally of, of the three of us i'm this sonic guy right i'm the guy yeah. who grew up with the genesis yeah old sonic lockered yeah and i love those things and man <laughs> i used to be hardcore like i would get up every saturday to watch you know uh well i get up every day at about 6 30 to watch the sonic the one sonic tv show and then i'd watch the other sonic tv show which was a little bit more darker and serious uh on saturday mornings you know that was part of my rotation so like when i see this movie adaptation come out i'm just like what is what this is not sonic in any way it's like there's no chili cheese dogs there's no nothing where's tails you know where's why aren't they on mobius you know it's all those things but it is nice you know like i think the hope with this has been one you know pokemon company they don't have to concede anything that property is worth so much you know it's like Look what Pokemon Go did for the world. Like millions of people played Pokemon. And millions. <laughs> that never once picked up a DS or a Game Boy or any of the systems that Nintendo's had through the years that they've put these, uh, you know, games out that have also just sold millions upon millions, uh, around the world. And because of that, you know, you just knew like for once you have this kind of like the, the only other time in recent memory it's happened was when blizzard made their Warcraft movie, right? Where you're like, okay, still, I still need that sequel by the way. <laughs> yeah. I'd be fine with it. It wasn't <laughs> terrible. That's actually, you know, in theory, that was one of the best video game movies ever made. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just like, in terms of film, that's still not saying much, unfortunately. <laughs> right. Um, right. but yeah, like, you know, you, you have finally this setup where you're like, Oh wow. You know, Pokemon gets to kind of like how Marvel did with Iron Man, just come in, you know, put its Richard out and say, nah, we're doing it this way. This is what we're doing. Um, and I have to say, I think they definitely did that. Like, there's no, there's no doubt that this is a Pokemon movie. And more importantly, uh, even though I never played the game, I went back and, and read up on the actual game story. It is something that is a, adaptation of that original game with a couple of differences well that's that's very cool uh like like legit i remember i was very excited about you know when i saw the trailer uh i was i was i was i think i was fresh after playing the uh the let's go pikachu game so i was kind of my my, my, i started dabbling in the pokemon universe um and and so it kind of was on my radar to want to watch it um and basically, the first time I saw the way the, the Pokemon looked, uh-huh. when we saw the first trailer, I was like, I, I really want to see that. I love the way that the creatures, uh, all of the Pokemon, like in watching the movie, all of them, it fit because of the way the story introduced yeah, uh, the story. Like the story, the way the story introduced the story. Like you said, the way they adapted the story that was already there from the game and kind of it, it worked on the screen, yes. I think, for me. Um, that's, that's the best way I can say that. So let's give some setup here. Um, the idea of this is that your your main person that you're following human-wise is Tim, right? Uh, Tim lives out in this little podunk town. Um, there are some Pokemon around the world, but it's just like, you know, it's kind of like if anyone's watched the TV shows, it, it's like any one of the towns that Ash visit, visits, you know? 
just like here's people, they got lives. And by the way, every now and then you go around nature, there's, you know, there's Pokemon and maybe there are people who try to be trainers. They'll try to capture them, but that's, that's about it at the beginning. Well, Tim's living with his grandma. He's been estranged from his dad, Harry, for a very long time. Uh, it's, it's kind of. Yeah, Harry's very kind of much just like out of the picture. Yeah, it's very much hinted that these two had very bad falling out um, and goes from there. But very early on in the movie, we learned that Tim at one point wanted to actually be a Pokemon trainer. But it seems like, again, in part because of his relationship with his father, that, that dream just went away. And now he's just an insurance adjuster, which is funny personally. Um, <laughs> and there's actually a pretty good, uh, I think there was a couple insurance adjuster jokes. Yeah. They're like, what are you going to get a raise for? Like senior insurance adjuster? And he's yeah. like, uh, that's actually two raises up. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, that's so accurate. That's so funny. Um, but you know, actually the funniest part to me in that opening scene, getting off track from the plot here for a second, uh, did you recognize who his friend was? No, his friend is the cab driver from freaking Deadpool, which shut your face. Yeah, it makes total sense. And it's just kind of sad. I was like, how did he not ever come back in this story? How did oh you not? God. How do you not put Ryan Reynolds and him on screen again? They were so good, right? That is fantastic. That's a hey, Chris. Yeah, that's a fun fact. That is a very fun fact. But <laughs> um, yeah, Tim's out there and his friend is trying to cheer him up. So he's trying to get him to catch a Pokemon, which is interesting to watch. But then. Uh, that was after, cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, that was real, real cool from just seeing a Pokeball in the real world and, you know, how it works. And you're like, wow, that, that still looks amazing. Like now I just, I have to say, after watching it, I was like, I really could go for a traditional Pokemon movie now where <laughs> we follow a trainer, right? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great, that's actually a great point. The way the ball looked, how do I, the first time you saw the Marvel, like, I, what was the first Marvel movie where you saw, like, for me, it's. I think it was. That they made Captain. Iron Man. Probably Iron Man, and you're like, oh my god, they made this guy look real, yeah, and kind of ba in a real vibe, real it's world that, type movie. Yeah, like not so much the Mach One Iron Man, but like when the first time you see him in the Mach Three, and like he goes and takes on those terrorists, like that's when you got sold that Iron Man was awesome, yeah. and that this and, world and was a, awesome. <laughs> and, and in a very small way, seeing that Pokeball, yeah. You're kind of like, oh, that could, that's awesome. Yes, this could be great. Yeah, for sure. Um, but so the very early on, Tim basically learns that his dad has, uh, has perished tragically. He was in an accident. Um, you know, not very many details are, are given, but you do find out that Tim's dad was a detective for the Rhyme City Police Force. Uh, so. Yeah, that- that's how you kind of find out when he's hanging out yeah. with his friend. He kind of gets that notification and he's like, well, yeah, this right, is I, bad. I guess I got to go over there. Yeah. And he doesn't want to go there because basically this city is unique from anywhere else in the world. It sounds like where it's become a city that is where Pokemon and humans live harmoniously. And I have to say, like, for, you know, like you're wondering how long does this take to get to Ramsey? Not long. Like the first five minutes, there's a couple Pokemon you see. I was like, man. 
They promised me a lot of Pokemon. And then we get to Rhyme City, and everywhere you turn, there's a freaking Pokemon. You're like, there's pandas, and there's all this, and they're doing, one of them's correcting traffic. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I have to imagine, I, I, like, our friend of the show, BK, just losing it when he watches yeah, that. <laughs> all that would be, if you have any experience uh, and, and knowledge of the Pokemon world, what the different Pokemon are, um, yeah, you're, you're straight, you're straight nerded up at this point. They're everywhere. And it's super cool to see them kind of interlocked and, and that they're, they're basically a part of the world and it's not just the, Hey, let's go catch these guys in the wild type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. For certain. But, uh, basically he goes to pick up his belongings. You get the idea that that's introduced that basically the detectives of this police force, they're, they're always partnered with the Pokemon, right? And you meet like Ken Wanabe's character, <laughs> which I was like him, even though he's hard to understand because uh, of his accent. But he's just always so good, whatever it's like Inception or or uh, this. That's you know? where I saw him last, I think. Yeah, like he was in that. He was in Last Samurai. He, he's a really good actor, I think, underappreciated. Yeah, uh, I, I think last time I saw him was Inception, but he was pretty good. But yeah, you know, like he's trying to give guidance and, and through all this, eventually he ends up at his dad's place. And through this, he eventually meets, uh, Pikachu, who yeah. here we'll just call Detective Pikachu. And there's a very unique quirk, which is that for whatever reason, Tim can actually hear Pikachu's inside internal voice. He doesn't just like, hear like, like he, how you hear us right now. That's how he hears yes. Pikachu. And it's not supposed to be that way. And apparently. Pikachu sounds like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> We're just saying. So imagine how funny Ryan Reynolds was in Deadpool. Um, of course, it's not the Deadpool yeah. cursing and humor, but there is a hint of that. I mean, he's uh, just, he'll always, if you need someone to be a little bit of a smart, smart Alec, right? He, he's like a prime candidate. He's just so naturally good at it. Everything yeah. he says sounds exactly the best way to you know to get a laugh out of you every it's, time you hear it it's there's no doubt that once pikachu is introduced in this movie mm -hmm. i think the movie kind of goes up on a level yes as far as its enjoyability yeah um and yeah he 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 is one of the if not the highlight of the show oh yeah he's he's definitely center stage uh yeah, it's, it's pretty dope and so basically you you kind of they kind of deduce that uh, Pikachu is, is the partner of his dad, but he has amnesia. Um, and, <laughs> and basically they go on this quest to either figure out was Tim, is Tim's dad actually dead? Did someone just fake his death? Uh, why would someone want to do harm to Tim's dad and like, you know, get, or at least how, why was he killed? You know, that's the journey. That they go yeah. on, they, and from there it kind of turns into a road trip movie, you know, as we go through various parts of the Pokemon universe in this world, right? Um, and, and how Tim deals with that, <laughs> and how also, you know, this Pikachu that obviously is not one that's designed for combat deals with it too because <laughs> he's more it, of a thinker you know it, it it's super cool to see that story unravel because if you've seen the trailer you, you see that one uh segment where where pikachu is basically the same thing like chris just said uh this case isn't solved until i solve it, it it's like a real funny yeah, thing yeah. he does where he's listing like 
what if this happened or what if that happened? And then he's like, what if this happened? And he goes, okay, scratch that last thing. That'd be weird. All that's there. Mm. And then it's even more. I mean, for me, they, they did a good job, uh, with with showing you stuff in the trailer that made you want to watch the movie, yes. and then delivering on the certain parts of the movie, I, I know there's been some cray, uh, some some there's been praise, like we said, mm-hmm. for the way Ryan Reynolds carried the movie. Um, there was I, I, I know that people are going to criticize it for being very. The movie's rated PG. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very PG. It, it's a Pokemon movie that's rated PG. I don't know why people think this story is going to be speaking of inception or, or, you know, something like an inception as far as the depth of the storytelling it's going to give. No, it's not very complex in it. Like, like for instance, the main bad of it, you know, without spoiling, uh, the moment that came on screen, I knew it like right then there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I won't say thing. how, I won't say how, because like, I think even when people see who it is, they might have an inkling. <laughs> I immediately did. <laughs> yeah. Immediately, and, and that's the thing. We, we, we have viewing history as moviegoers. Um, I was concerned. I, I'm, I've got, I've gotten better the older, I've, you know, I've, the older age that I get and, and understanding plot development and thinking of possible twists. Yeah. I don't know if that comes with age, but I know that you've been able to do that for many, many years because you actively look for that. Oh, I, think, I, I caught that. And I caught the twist in this too easily. Uh, it just I, it made sense. I didn't catch the twist until right before it happens, um, but I knew the story. I I, I just knew certain things were going to go down the way they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but was, I mean, that's not so much the point. Fun. As yeah, as you said, it's not really a point because one it is a movie first and foremost designed for children. So it's more of are you doing things to keep them entertained? And then also it is to its credit. I think if you're a Pokemon fan. Because, like, where I think the first quarter to maybe half of this movie is very much traditional, and it, it, it's holding your hand if you're not familiar with this Pokemon world as it guides you in, right, and starts to introduce you to weirder things. I mean, like, you know, when you come up Psyduck the first time, it's like, yeah, here's this Pokemon that gets, like, humongous headaches, and if they go too extreme, he blows up, and it, you know, hits everyone else. Okay, <laughs> like, so that's, that's, that's a, a really that's funny fun uh funny i thought he blew up yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be horrifying uh, right he, he doesn't blow up which yeah. is good because once they introduce that element yeah. my grown brain went movies don't just introduce those things and then they leave them alone <laughs> to, to a kamikaze design, <laughs> right. designed uh, and speaking of which i don't know that i've ever seen a psyduck hilarious yeah he's he, one he of got, my favorite he's his always character my got favorite. some of them some, some of the better laughs in the movie yeah, just like him audience. singing in the car and putting his foot up. <laughs> He's like, "Come on, man, <laughs> gotta uh, do it." I, I did take Tinley. She she had never seen anything Pokemon. She, she liked she it. Kn- yeah, she did like it. She you know she of course watched me play Pokemon. Uh, Let's go Pikachu. She likes the Pokeball. Yeah, uh, that I got with the game, and and so she she recognized things, but it was fun to see her kind of engage in the story again. That was a positive because uh, she's under ten, uh-huh. and. It, she wasn't confused. It was enjoyable for her for, you know, the, the the way the world was even presented to us from that, like, the Rhyme City, when we saw it that first night, the way the neon was glowing. That was the movie. See, that was one of the parts that really impressed me the most was the aesthetics to their world. Like, for anyone who's a fan of film, like, 
it was interesting because, you know, this is in, in its essence, it's a noir de- detective tim- film, right? Yeah. One of those classic ones. And the first thing I thought when I was looking at this world, I was like, this looks like Blade Runner to me. It's just not as grim looking of a world as Blade Runner is. And I that's wonder just, if they went, if that's what they were going for. It, it really, not a bad it feels like that, you know, yeah. it, it just feels like a brighter world of that. And like, as you said, like when you see the city at night and you see the neon lights and everything, uh, it, you know, I can understand, like it was reported that Ryan originally wanted to not use his voice, but wanted to kind of go for more of a classic thirties detective voice, you know, man, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I could easily see it being a fail, but I could have also seen because of the aesthetic it actually working too. So, you know, like that would have been cool to see them commit to that, but regardless, like the way the world looks and sounds, uh, and is designed. Whereas a lot of other video game movies, they just kind of feel generic. Like uh, the most uh, atro- atrocious, of course, is the Super Mario Brothers movie, lo- which looks nothing like Mario Brothers, right? Um, right. <laughs> like, or, or even think- like Tomb Raider last year felt like a movie where instead of maybe necessarily at every turn looking like Tomb Raider more so just felt like how can we make Tomb Raider look like an action movie that everyone else has already seen before and likes. Right. Um, and this doesn't feel like, you know, when you see the car, like the car is ridiculously small. They, they look, they look awesome. Yes. They but fit. it feels right. <laughs> yeah. It felt, it felt right. And that's the thing that I think we're lucky in, um, in the way that, that they're able to build these worlds now and provide a, yeah. An actual live element, like a live adaptation. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if people are getting uh, – Disney's doing a great job when they make movies. Like when you watch the Aladdin and the Lion Kings and all the movies, when you see these animals, you're like – and they're alive and they're talking. Yeah. And they're blended into a real world. It's fantastic. And and I got to tell you, man, the way Pokemon does it, and, the, mm. and it, it, it's amazing. Um, Just like, you know, going from seeing all the different types like – yeah, you know, there are different types of Pokemon out there as far as style and all that. Like you have the ones that look like something of a real creature, like a panda, a um, turtle, something like yeah. Goo. But then, uh, like all of a sudden, furry. you get. Uh, I think his name is like Louder. Uh, the ones that were like in the club. Yeah. Like and just seeing that, it still looks right. And then also, that's probably one of my favorite things. Me and Aaron, you know, are. <laughs> We grew up listening to things like drum and bass and to see these Pokemon basically emulating the sounds of drum and bass with their mouths <laughs> as they Dude, also have the, amplifiers for, for ears. <laughs> see the, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of EDM music and DJs, yeah, of yeah. course, seeing Diplo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As, a, as a DJ, that was pretty, pretty it was, funny in the movie. It was good. But like, even then, like something like, uh, what was his name? I think it's Mr. Mime or whatever. Yeah. Like that doesn't feel like it should work. Like that felt like it was going to be creepy, but it was it works. Amazing. It was a great scene. It was, um, yeah, it was a highlight for sure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, seeing, seeing, like you mentioned the the different ways that Pokemon are right. Um, some, like I said, have fur, some have like dragon skin, some have yeah. turtle shell, like all of it fit. It worked. Um, whoever just decided to go that way yeah. with the movie, a plus to you that that was yeah. fantastic. And, and like I, said, I, it, I felt like I was in Rhyme City. It was good. As you keep going, um, and this might be where we we see like a little bit of division in people. 
you're either going to buy into it and really be cool with everything because as you do go deeper into this movie, then you, to their credit, you know, whether you don't like it or not, it goes hardcore into Pokemon world and lore. Like, you know, the first half really, like as, as I was saying, it felt like it held your hand trying to introduce you to concepts. And then from there, it just goes full Pokemon bringing out some of the big guns um, and even the doing things. Gun. Yeah. And even doing things that like they had never talked about before with the character. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like to their credit, you know, they went for it. And I think like, even though it's maybe not the most perfect story ever told or whatever, you know, and it kind of just moves along maybe till you actually get to that final confrontation at the end. Um, it's, it's true to form and it never drops something just for the sake of being afraid that the audience is going to be afraid to journey along with it. Because I think first and foremost, kind of like, again, like going back to Marvel and those kinds of successes of adaptations in the world, it, it works because they understand that first and foremost, if they can sell to the fans, how this works, then they can over time sell it to a general population. You're absolutely right, dude. And like I said, I'm not the, I'm nowhere near say a BK on, on Pokemon. Yeah, near am I. I just had so much fun in this movie. Um, it, it, like you said, when it got to the serious tone, it wasn't serious on a, on a, like a scary level for me. No. Uh, but like my daughter, who I said is under 10, she starts hearing the music change and the and the vibe of, of the of the movie changes. She gets a little scared because the tone of the movie kind of starts to change a little bit mm. um, because it starts going hardcore in the way that the different Pokemon that you're about to be exposed to the way they are. Yeah, um, they have they have abilities that things happen, but they they're able to do that. And then as you come out of it, um, there's a 360 and one of the best moments in the entire movie for me. Mm happened after one of the, if you want to call it scariest or most worrisome part of the movies happened. And again, they chose to have these Pokemon have this amazing color. Yeah. And this, and this entire thing happens, which I think that made me actually go, I like this movie a whole lot. Yes. Despite, despite, despite the fact that it's got a, a, you know, a, a bland plot or a PG plot. However, you've seen people on the internet. A kid say movie it. plot. It's a kid movie plot, man. But as an adult, you're gonna like it if if you, yeah, if not, you not, remotely like Pokemon. If you really like Pokemon, I don't see why you wouldn't like it. Yeah, not everything has to be Shakespeare to be solid. It just needs yeah. to be honest, well constructed, and, and feel like everything fits. You know. The, the criticisms of the Sonic movie right now is it doesn't feel like it fits. It just feels like what is Sonic showed up in Nebraska or wherever the <laughs> thing is, you know, and you're like, like, okay. And Jim Carrey was a guy named Robotnik. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, come on. Uh, this feels like everything in here from even like, as you said, like when it gets scary or more emotional, um, to where it goes just completely far out there as far as just like, yeah, this is a Pokemon movie. It feels authentic and it feels like it was well thought out, handled with care. Um, and I, I don't see how anyone who is a fan of Pokemon, unless you just were hardcore that the same ending for the game be what, uh, transpires in this movie, right? And like, you're that kind of guy. Do you, know, do you know if it is or not? It's a little bit different in the way, like, okay. like what they're doing in this, as far as the, 
you know the thing that like kind of kicks them off on their journey yeah uh that's still in the game the big person that shows up or uh pokemon shows up is in the game and there is a connection between pikachu and that character kind of like here right yeah but it's it's a little bit different it's not near the same type of direction right of what's going on as far as like everyone's motivations well i'll tell you what man pikachu is adorable and i I want more and i didn't know this as we're talking i uh i go to wikipedia Mm -hmm. i see the word sequel i scroll down and apparently as of january of 2019 before this movie even uh, was released, um, a sequel is already in development. Huh. I wonder how uh, that's going to work. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know Oren Uziel? Um, that who is si- that's who signed on as screenwriter. So that makes me very. Mm. I will go see the sequel. Yeah, I really. I it. I I had fun, man. It was it was a it was a uh, for me. Uh, I didn't get to go watch it with you. Yes, yeah, so I went. I ended up going with Tony and uh, Aaron, and Aaron had never isn't a Pokemon guy, and he loved it. Oh, did he? Yeah, well, like, that's good. Yeah, Tony and I were like, well, we know Pokemon a little bit. You know, we're not super. Po- and like he, I know he plays a lot of uh, Pokemon Go and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I've yet to have a person who's come up and actually seen this movie and been like, I, I completely just hate it. And I guess the only. I, the only reason I could think of is that you just don't like Pokemon. If you don't like Pokemon, this this movie isn't going to do anything to win you over. Let's just be clear. I will there. say if you if you if you if you're neutral on your like of Pokemon, yeah, but you're can... not sure why people like Pokemon, this movie will make you understand the connection uh, a little better. Plus, uh, least, yeah. plus it's got the theme song in there in a very great way. <laughs> I love it. it I yeah. think that was an excellent nod. Um, for you people uh, that have, have wondered when the last time that a Pokemon movie was in the theaters, uh, that would have been 2000 when Pokemon 3 yeah. the movie came out. And I'm pretty sure that was what a, uh, animated. a cartoon animated. Yeah. yeah. And they've always performed pretty solid for like how much they spend on them, you know, because the yeah. hardcore fans, they always go. I'm not sure where this is standing on Rotten Tomatoes. I know that the last I checked, it was doing good. Yeah, I think it was like um, around a 70. Which, which is good. Know, is that yeah. the audience or the critics? The critics. I mean, oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's got to be one of the, that's good. Which I mean, like by default makes it here. Let me just check. It might have dropped down, but let's see. Drop. <laughs> uh, as of right now, wow, John Wick's at 95% right now. Um, people excited for that. Wow. Pokemon ended up losing. Wow. Dang, Endgame. You just make oh, yeah. all the money. Endgame still won. Uh, yeah. they're, they're still uh, at a, not a fresh, but they it's have a 64, uh, it's a 64%. Uh, I mean, and average score from the audience is in, in 85 say they liked it. Yeah. So yeah, people like it, which is mm. great. That's where we fall. I'm sure some of the things that the critics talk about are going to be, you know, plot and all that stuff. Yeah. Because you know, uh, their, their job is to review it as a movie, not as, yeah. you know, just, and that's perfectly fine. It's what I do a lot of times, you know, when I'm looking at things, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to say this is a perfect movie. I think it, I, but I think again, to one of its advantages, it's not a super long movie. 
So like that probably would have made it a little bit harder if like they just started throwing in more scenes for the sake of it to give Ryan jokes or whatever, you know. That, that's another um, thing. The movie's runtime is only like a hundred and something minutes. Yeah, I think yeah. that adds to why the overall it's experience. Yeah, there was one critic I just read uh, as we were, you were talking that said things don't go together. They list out a few things that don't go together, and one of them is Ryan Reynolds' voice in Pikachu. I'm like, mm, nah. I disagree. I think it worked. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, that just sounds like you don't like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I think definitely if you're a Ryan Reynolds fan, you should at least check it out. Maybe when it comes to Redbox or. Uh, or streaming services, definitely give it a look. Then if you're a fan of Pokemon, this is a no brainer. Go see it. You probably already have. Uh, and if you have, you know, family that like Pokemon, this is definitely like, you got kids who love it. This is definitely a movie as a parent. I think you could take your, your son or daughter to, and you're going to have a, a good afternoon too. You know, dude, I'm probably going to buy this movie. Do it. Honest. I actually liked it. I want to be able to pop it on. You know, whenever I want to watch it again, so and it'll be another thing you open before you open Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> um, that's, that's funny. How many Richards would you give it? Oh, so uh, we got a. How do we do? Are we going to do movie Richards different than video game Richards? I mean, it's up to you. I'm going to just rate it on the scale that I think is like how I would rate movies, but that's just me. All right. Well, you go first, so I understand the standard. Okay. Um. <laughs> You know, it's not the most amazing thing ever. It's not an Oscar movie. I, I would give it probably like a either somewhere in between seven point five and an eight, which is a solid good movie in my book. Like for those who are wondering what that means. This is this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um almost verbatim, I would say it's probably a seven point five or an eight. There you um, go. And and like you said, if you go into it just if you want to just have a good time. I think you're a weird person if you come out of it and didn't have a good time. <laughs> exactly. You're, you, I don't understand. Like, like I said, you have to really be going in. Like, I don't like Pokemon. I got dragged to this movie. Yeah, and even so, <laughs> and I, I hate I, Ryan I Reynolds. Surprised. Yeah, that's crazy. But I do want some of the gear they had in that movie, like the shirt the main yeah, character wore. Yeah, yeah. Dope. I, I definitely want that. Um, hey, dude. Yeah, we did a movie review. We did. We've done them before. We'll do them again. We did it. We did it We're, before. Oh, don't, don't. Yeah, we did it with Warcraft, with Tomb Raider. Um, oh, if it fits the, the video game thing. That's yeah, right. Yeah. We'll definitely do one for Sonic. I'll go watch that just so I can <laughs> come on here and let the flames. Technically, of- hey, technically Aladdin was a video game. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got something for that week. Um, I'm just let's, kidding. Let's, uh, let's go do some news. All right, let's do it. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. One news. We did it! Yay! I wonder how much I actually heard you. It's probably just me. News. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> John's not here, so I put Red Dead news in here. And he can't do anything about it. Yeah, he can't stop me. Uh, Red Dead Online leaves its beta. Rockstar released a massive update for Red Dead Online and announced the game has left beta. A uh, massive thank you to everyone who participated during the beta period. Your feedback has been instrumental in helping us fine-tune the game so far with many of your suggested suggestions implemented in today's update. And we'll continue to implement more of your feedback in future updates to come. The update includes a new co-op and free roam missions. Uh, dynamic events around the world, various posse versus modes, uh, including bird shooting, which just sounds cool. 
poker uh, at every saloon now and a new showdown mode and new play styles. The play styles they're saying are actually like one of the big things, right? Because you can choose defensive versus offensive play style. Mm-hmm. Offensive just kind of default stats and everything in the world. Um, but the defensive one kind of gives you all these buffs so that if like what you're wanting to do in the world is just go explore and be in it. Like it's going to be very hard or a lot harder for people to just kind of come and grief you um, and just consistently kill you. Right. Like, you know, there's going to be a lot less incentive of them for them to do it because you're going to be a pain to kill now. Um, so, you know, that seems really cool that like they're, they're protecting the players, you know, they're letting people play the, the play style they want to, but they're also allowing them to, to have uh protection against those who don't mesh with their play style okay, um that makes it and is that update gonna be free oh yeah all the updates are free cool yeah i thought um, it was i just wanted in case somebody didn't know and i think they uh i believe they went ahead and like laid out that they have a bunch of updates that are scheduled for the next couple of months they are going to introduce various things that all seem really cool when i was checking it out earlier hey I, i'm for one like various things i'm just saying I think it might be, I, I'm kind of like one of these people where I thought about playing the bay. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait because I want to experience this in a way that, you know, one, we had so many games to play, but two, just so that like I can actually see everything that's in this as opposed to going like, cool, I can just ride around with people online and, and I have to wait for the features to come, you know? Now it feels right. like you're finally at that good starting level. So I might, uh, since we're about to enter the summer drought, it might be time for me to hop on Red Dead Online and, and check it out. And that Red Dead Online could technically be a topic. It could. I mean, I'm just saying. I think it's I the would, reason why every week I still, <laughs> everyone's kind of amazed, but it's like, yeah, it's probably the reason why when I look at the sales every week in the UK and, and MPD every month, Red Dead's still, you know, top five every month right now. Yeah. And then there's Except- GTA 5 right behind it. <laughs> <laughs> As it should be, sir. Yeah. That's funny. Ah. Um, big news for people like, that they're fans of wow like myself uh today uh wow classic has a date uh blizzard is ready for you to not only return to azeroth but to go back in, uh, to its origins in wow classic on august 27th players will be able to play the vanilla version of the game and explore the original two continents kalimdor and the eastern kingdoms all players with an active subscription will be able to create up to three characters to explore the original classic um and somebody here wrote for the Alliance. Of course. I, I am for the Alliance, but I think the official no. it or for the Horde. No, uh, it's pretty, it's going to be awesome because, uh, they also announced a, uh, collector's edition. That's mm. going to have a statue of. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you just cut what? down. Okay. You're I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Well, hold on. Let's, let's... Yeah, you're good. Keep going. Well, hold uh, on. You're breaking up a little, but I'm, I'm breaking up. Yeah, yeah. Let me check the call. I wonder if I'm breaking up because I I, I do hear your the air come on. Yeah, no, check. you're you're sound. You're fine now. I don't know what happened, but it seems it's fine. Like- Ladies and gentlemen, if you hear that, remember I'm at my house. He's at his. This is amazing that you've heard us this far. <laughs> uh, but you're able to get a uh, co- collector's edition, uh, which is going to have a statue of Ragnaros and some other goodies in it. It looks amazing. I actually probably going to get this collector's edition because I think Ragnaros is one of the most BA looking bosses in all of Warcraft anyway. Um, it's going to be very cool. I know that as of May 15th, that I already say this, that certain players will be invited to the beta, 
So yeah, that's yeah. cool. Hopefully you're one of those. Um, this is something people have been wanting for a while and is here. So for a while, let's have fun. Yeah. Speaking of things people want for a while, changes <laughs> to Anthem. <laughs> after nice. after failing to meet expectations with the Tumultuous, I think that's how you say that, launch, uh, Bioware is planning to make changes to its development and release strategy. EA CEO Andrew Wilson addressed some of these problems. Quote, the reality is it's not just an EA challenge. It's an industry-wide challenge. You're moving from what was initially a Bioware game, which would be somewhere between 40 to 80 hours of offline play, to 40 right. to uh, 80 hours of offline play plus 100 or 200 or 300 hours of Elder Scroll game that happens with millions of other players <laughs> at scale online. As the games have gotten bigger, that system isn't working as well as it's done in years gone by. So what you should expect from us is that it's not just about changing the development processes in the game. It's not just about changing the Q&A process in the game, although both of those things are being changed dramatically inside our organization right now. But it also comes down to changing how we launch games with all its troubles, Anthem's still managed to be the best-selling game john said january the game came out in february though <laughs> it's probably fine <laughs> john is stricken with sickness he doesn't know better i uh, i think I they like have to, to do this I, I i i love i love that he you know tries to set, shed some positive light on it yeah it sold well because the hype was there i don't think that they should um what, which one did it say but it all comes down uh down to the sickness uh, uh, somewhere in there about marketing uh, no, but like, I think oh, how we launch games, I took that as the, the way they marketed it. And that's not what he, meant. he actually meant. The actual launch that was there, man. Uh, this game, what could have been the game? Yeah. And it just is not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, to me, this is definitely, this sounds like a thing like that, you know, a, a CEO of EA should be saying, right. Like, yeah. cause you don't want to ever throw one of your studios under the bus, but at the same time, I don't think he wants to throw EA on a hole under the bus. <laughs> so this is a lot of good political speak. I mean, when he says like these kinds of things, I'm like, but you, there's nothing to believe that the actual core, um, way in bio, the way that normally Bioware made games was wrong. Right. Um, right. it's just that. I think when now they're owned by EA and everything um, and they don't have the Mass Effect series, they, well, I should say like they don't have it like where it's in, the, in its core trilogy, right? Uh, I think they just don't know how to do what probably Bioware needs as easily, which is to say, you we're going to stay by you and let you go off and make a game and have to potentially fail at things and, and restart and not put a hardline date on everything. Right. And we're going to know we're not going to announce things too soon. You know, you often like, after you hear all the stories of what happened in the development of Anthem, you go, God, this game should have just been canceled. You know, as much as I enjoy it, like when you hear that so much of this game was made in the final like 15 months before launch, that's not the way Bioware makes games. Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster, and that's exactly what yeah. kind of happened. Bioware was was the team that released, you know, KOTOR and was offered the chance to go and make the sequel for it, and they passed on it because 
they had their idea for Mass Effect and they disappeared for five years to make that game basically. Um, and it ended up being a huge hit. And I think that's what they need to be willing to do now is to say, you know, look, you're going to go dark for a while. We're not going to put you out there at every five seconds talking about whatever. Go out there and whether it's the next Dragon Age game, which it sounds like that's what they're going towards, or if it's a new Mass Effect game or just a new property, develop something that works for your studio. Because I'd rather have that than just trying to shoehorn them into what we think the industry is now and, and how you have to be or else, you know, too bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, we'll we'll see where this goes. I for sure. Uh, you know where know. you know where EA Access is going. I, I was going to say I know where something's actually going now. <laughs> uh, EA Access is coming to PlayStation um, after being an exclusive service to the Xbox console family since 2014. EA announced that EA Access program will be coming to the PlayStation Four in Ju- July, or sometimes, like I say, Julie. Similar to the Xbox subscriptions. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Similar to the Xbox, subscriptions will run four dollars and ninety nine cent a month, or twenty nine ninety nine annually. The service will include unlimited access to EA Vault titles, such mm-hmm. as Star Wars Battlefront Two and Play First Trials, which allow members to play ten hours of new EA games. That's something Chris has been doing a while. Love Sony it. originally was against the service in 2014, stating, "We don't think asking our fans to pay an additional five dollars a month for this EA specific program." represents good value to the PlayStation gamer. Mm-hmm. Oh, how times have changed. I think like they finally had that realization that, yeah, you know, before I, I don't think they wanted to do that because it would have meant giving discounts to players, putting EA in a, a situation where with this vault, you know, you pay them a fee and now all of a sudden there's all these games that people aren't actually going to buy from PlayStation, right? They're just going to pay a fee and they have them there. And I think, you know, I can understand why they waited, but yeah, they, they kind of got proven wrong on this. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe not sure. so much the 10 hour thing because that's kind of been an up and down for EA games, depending what the title is. It's like, if it's something amazing, you, you see it early and you're like, Oh my God, this is great. You know, and it makes you then want to go buy the game. On the other hand, you get something like Anthem and you know, <laughs> you're like I'm out. Yeah. People pay for 10 <laughs> hours and you're like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know what else is good? Oh, uh, I want to say something to do with killing Nazis. Something with nines in it? Nine! <laughs> Wolfenstein Youngblood. According to executive producer Jeff Gustafsson, uh, it will feature level design that is similar to the Dishonored series. In addition, the game will contain more activities and side missions than previous titles. Quote, I think players will see a lot of similarities to level design in design games. So in that sense, it can be a little bit different as an experience, but it can be for the benefit of the game, especially when it comes to finding different ways of approaching a combat scenario or a mission or uh, in general. Gustafsson indicated that the new side missions and challenges will be added once the campaign is complete to ensure players have an incentive to return to the game. This is the one where it's like you're playing as a uh, home homeboys uh, kids, I believe in like the future. I think it's like the eighties or something. The like future looks cool. I, I hope it's really good. That would Bethesda needs a uh, needs something like that to perform well. So I'm rooting for them. I uh, I always root for Wolfenstein to do well. Nine. 
Because again, killing Nazis, right? Right. They were bad. They were bad. Um, very bad. Very, very bad. Uh, speaking people. of things that are bad, but nowhere near on the level of the Nazi regime, mm-hmm. plagiarism. Uh, Bethesda investigates plagiarism. Uh, Bethesda came forward with the announcement that they were investigating claims of that related to a marketing initiative for the upcoming ESO expansion, Elsewire. Bethesda published an unnamed ESO uh, themed tabletop RPG adventure based on the rules for the fifth edition of Wizards of the Coast Dungeons and Dragons. They appear to copy an entire adventure from 2026. Ouch. Why does that not make sense to me? I think you meant 2016. Okay, so let's say from 2016, because 2026 is in the future. Uh, the, the adventure looks like multiple act. There it is. Multiple aspects of the 2016 Adventures League scenario, The Black Road. Mm-hmm. There are some allowances to mirroring the work of Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. However, that does not extend to the content of adventures themselves. The Black Road was written specifically for a part of the Storm King's Thunder Adventure Path. It remains unprotected under copyright laws. Copywritten, so don't copy me. Yeah, that's a uh, that's some serious business. And if I'm them, I'm definitely not wanting to. Uh, you know, you don't want to be in a position where you keep uh, putting that out there when you have these kinds of things come up. So hopefully, they can figure it. I, I honestly don't know. You know, I haven't played I, I mean, I either one of those works. things. Like it, you know, like uh, if you self-report like an NCAA violation. <laughs> You get like a lesser penalty. Like if you go out and say, hey, we plagiarized my, you and we're sorry. My guess is that they get sued. They would probably just work for a settlement and say, we're sorry. And they'll pull it from the game and it won't ever be there. You know? Yeah. Kind of like Starbucks cups. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it, hopefully, if someone was purposely trying to rip this off, uh, they are no longer with the company. Um. Speaking of no longer being, no, that didn't hey, work. Penny. Um, <laughs> goes, uh, how, basically something happened last week and we, me, me, you and John watched it and this was one of the things from it, huh? Yeah, there was a, let's, let's just say you don't want Bethesda to reach some breaking point. Speaking Ooh, of breaking hey, point, hey. right. <laughs> Ghost Recon Breakpoint has been revealed. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint has been revealed as a follow-up sequel to Wildlands and set in the fictional archipelago. Uh, I can't say that word right. Archipelago. That's yeah. fine. I, uh, I like that it's there. That's fine. Uh, of Aurora in the Pacific Ocean. The game is set for release on October 4th for the PC, Xbox One, and PS4. The game will follow Wildlands and allow for full four-player co-op. The game will also launch with a PvP mode. New features include class system, loot in the open world, light survival elements, and prone cameo. In addition, Breakpoint will be on the Epic Game Store for purchase only passing over steam which That's is big. right yeah another one yeah, that for little last tidbits probably bigger than the announcement i think but yeah did I you think, you I, saw you this know, though yeah <laughs> did you notice look i played wildlands right and that dude that isn't predominantly feature especially in the um like uh high you know detailed trailer the sim mac trailer um and he has a beard in the game uh and he wears a hat backwards and got glasses I feel like they redesigned this character a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now he's got the long guff beard. Um, and it looks like he's kind of got a shaved head. And I was like, did they just put Kratos into, to Ghost Recon? <laughs> like, did they make a modern day Kratos? And I was like, that, if so, it works, you know, because it, 
it, the, that style of uh, the character in these games that works. Yeah, yeah. But it's, that's a really funny uh, thought. And it's got old um, Shane from Walking Dead as the villain in this one. Bernthal? Yeah, yeah. Old Punisher. He's John uh, Bernthal? Yes, yes. That's name, name drop! I did one! <laughs> you did it! Hey! Do a head bob. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see it, though. Ah. That's um, funny. But uh yeah, he's a he's the villain. It looks like there's a big drone thing going on with this. They kind of made it a fictional area because you do a lot of horrific things in these games. I think they didn't want to take slack, you know, for being like, "Why are you killing Bolivians?" Um, Funny. <laughs> uh but you know, it I have to say it looks really good and one of the things people are like, "Why is this game coming out in October?" Apparently now Ghost Recon Wildlands is like one of Ubisoft's best selling titles ever. Like I I didn't ever play it. That's crazy. Yeah. It is like one of the secretly biggest hits that has happened. And like there was a period, I remember this, like when we were looking at MPD every month, you just kept seeing Ghost Ghost Recon Wildlands still appearing on there kind of not as much as maybe as, as Grand Theft Auto does, but pretty regularly. Pretty regularly. Regularly. I, I I definitely might check it out. Though I think I, we're going to check it out, especially since it has the full four player co op. Yeah, that, but we're already playing the, that. that has, well, that has the makings for a great uh, stream on our Twitch channel for sure, and also has the uh, possible guest to the show and or experience for the three of us to so, the show for the show. <laughs> uh, is your favorite number six or seven? Seven. Oh, speaking of seven, Final Fantasy seven is back. Yeah. After an E3 reveal a few years back and disappearing, Final Fantasy seven remake has made its return reveal on Sony's second state of play showcase. During those years, the development has moved internally to Square Enix. Square promised more to come at E3 in June. It also should be noted that they still plan to make the game episodic. Uh, can I say it looks like like some Final Fantasy Seven? It yeah, definitely yeah. Uh, brings back memories. But does it harken a memory? Yeah, but I refuse. Even as pretty as these things are, I I refuse to give this game any more attention until the day that like you know I literally can pre order it and like there's a release date and is I've heard it's gone gold and all these things because until then. It's just an idea, man. It's just an idea existing out there, <laughs> and I, I refuse of, to get hyped up for it. <laughs> I do think about uh, you and playing 15 because on the other night on Twitch, apparently it was one of the most popular streams going on that night, people playing Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. So I actually got to see a little bit of action in the uh, in the bro car. Oh, God. <laughs> Eventually get the bro plane. <laughs> like, wow. Um, I thought of you because of this. Monster okay. Hunter expansion. The Monster Hunter expansion was given a long trailer and will be released uh, or in a release date during last week's State of Play. The expansion will be released on PS4 and Xbox One on September 6th. The reveal featured new and returning monsters as well as snow mechanics in a Palicio. How do you say that, Sean? Palico. Palico. Ah, yeah, yeah, those cats, right? Yeah. Um, ability. That's nice. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy to be in a world still for me that a monster hunter game did so good on a major console. And now we're talking about a release. It makes me excited. The Woo-hoo. game is so fun. It's, it's good. It looks stuff. like it's like an ice theme here of what yeah. they're doing. So 
I, um, maybe I'll check that out at some point. Will you check this out though? <laughs> uh, medieval remake. The Medieval Remake is officially making its way to PS4 this fall. The game will be released on October 25th, 2019. It is exclusive to PS4 and is being developed by Other Ocean Interactive. Um, from a description on IGN, the trailer begins, quote, with a brief story introduction telling the tale of how Sir Daniel Fortesque lost his life defending the kingdom of Galomir from the evil sorcerer Zorak who subsequently revived Daniel's corpse. The trailer features third-person running, jumping, sword-swinging, arrow-shooting, no-chainsaw fights, and more. Chainsaw fight! Chainsaw fight! Uh, okay. <laughs> complete with skeletons riding dead horses, mobs of zombies, and undead monks. Is, are they talking about World of Warcraft? Like what <laughs> right. I feel like you can tell this is a game, like a remake of a very much older PlayStation game, because, you know, just hearing the names of things, you're like, Man, I don't know if they would have gone with this today, but it definitely fit it for a certain period. Yeah, it's cool they're bringing back. It looks really good from what I saw. I um, gotta say the uh, the next piece. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly uh, surprised by what I saw. Kind of, I wasn't. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Predator Hunting Grounds, a new Predator game, has been announced for PS4 for release in 2020. The game is being developed by. Ilphonic is a asymmetrical multiplayer experience that will see one group of players in control of a fire team while another player will control the predator. The game is a take on Evolve and Friday 13th genre of multiplayer games. This is the team that did the Friday the 13th game. Yeah, like, that's why I think I'm excited because I feel like they learned um, kind of the, 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 the stumbles and mistakes they had from launch. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I, for some reason, I feel like it's going to do good. I think it, it's going to work. Like the reveal was kind of basic and it was fine um, for what it is. Um, I, I definitely say like ever since that game shut down because of the licensing stuff, you know, people were worried about this team and, and really just that genre. Cause there are, there is a bunch of people like to do that. Like the, it, it is a cool thing. Like I'm, I remember playing evolve and this definitely fits it. You know, like the idea of predator just going around and, wrecking people <laughs> uh yeah it's interesting. I, I was actually as you were talking i'm wondering all right so jason obviously yeah he worked and going around you know and there's a group of you trying to get him what else works i, I, I never even most, thought about the predator I, I, I stayed more on the the traditional horror horror thing yeah horror <laughs> well in a way predator is a horror movie right yeah i mean it's, it's an action movie but it's a horror movie um i'm trying to think what else they could do i don't know I'm sure they can think of, I mean, like, yeah, you could definitely do, uh, what you call a nightmare on Elm street, but like this game to me, the thing that's going to make me be sold on this, right. Would be like, I want to have a part where I can cover my character in the mud and like be completely blended into a tree, uh, with, you know, no way for the predator to see me. Cause you know, I've got my body temperature cool, but then like the mud is eventually going to start to wear off and all that kind of thing. Um, that would be really cool. I think that'd be very scary. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, all you know right. what's also scary. Um, um, <laughs> um <clears throat> what <laughs> the lack of people at E3. I don't know. Oh yeah. Uh, E3 plans for Nintendo. However, <laughs> Nintendo revealed its E3 plans, and they include a Nintendo Direct, Nintendo Treehouse Live, which I will watch all of the uh, things they do. I just, it's just a tradition at this point for me. You love uh, marketing. This, 
the Splatoon 2 <laughs> World Championship and the Smash Bros. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate World Championship 3v3. 3v3 me, bro. <laughs> um, the Splatoon 2 tournament will begin on June 8th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, and the Super Smash tournament will follow at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Mm. On Tuesday, June 11th, Nintendo will hold its Nintendo Direct at 9 a.m. Pacific time. That means That's we noon, will not yes. be going to lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to be stuck watching that. Uh, the showcase will feature upcoming titles for 2019, 2019. And as usual, Nintendo Treehouse Live will air directly after the Direct presentation and last for the next three days. So cool. The plans are starting to roll in, man. It's e- E3 is getting close, bro. Yeah. It's easy for me this year because it starts literally on my birthday. So happy birthday, <laughs> right? Uh, and then finally this week, oh! finally this week, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 Nether Realm responds to controversy. Nether Realm oh. Studios, the creators of Mortal Kombat and Injustice games, has responded to the allegations of quote predatory and abusive behavior in a statement of Variety. The studio stated they. Quote, greatly appreciate and respect all of our employees and prioritize creating a positive work experience. An equal opportunity employer, we encourage diversity and constantly take steps to uh, reduce crunch time for our employees. We are actively looking into all allegations as we take these matters very seriously and we are always working to improve our company environment. There are confidential ways for employees to raise any concerns or issues. Allegations have included crunch culture, such as long work weeks, mismanaged scheduling, and exploitative wages, as well as eliminating a woman's restroom due to a low percentage of female employees. Yeah, that's a big one. You can't do that. I think, you know, honestly, uh, John probably, if he was here, of course, would disagree, but uh, I can't say I'm I'm shocked, but I would just say that is becoming more and more clear that I don't know how, like, you know, you don't know every studio in every situation. So you don't want to ever just go, this is without a, you know, without doubt, 100% certain and everything is, is just as bad as they say. Right? right. But you also don't want to ignore this, that like numerous companies from big ones yeah, to smaller ones coming, like this. Yeah, right. Right and, right. and like you go, this is a trend. And I think it's a good thing these conversations are coming out because it is going to make eventually the industry is going to have to respond, especially if they want to avoid something like John's most favorite thing in the world, unions. You know, it's the only way you can do that is is to kind of bend to the will of your employees and say, look, we hear you and we'll we'll do what we can to, you know, to alleviate at least some of these concerns out there. Right. Yeah, it's a thing where, like you say, uh, we're now in a world where in the it, world. It, if if you have a hint of controversy yeah. on the way you're treating your employees uh, with crazy work hours or, you know, not fair money, um, you can't you can't just eliminate a women's restroom if that's true. Uh, and if you do, it can't be because we only have two female employees or something like that. Yeah. Like that can't be your reason for taking that out. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. I'm sure there's going to be more on it. As long as the news team is out there looking at, for stories like this, we will see something else about Nether Realm and, and what's going on. What's funny is when you said in a statement to Variety, yeah, uh, just a crazy, weird, fun fact about Sean. Mm. I enjoy watching the videos from Variety called 70 Questions with Insert Star. 
and you just go through and watch a guy walk through a house and ask 70 questions to somebody. And I am completely engaged on every one of those I watch. Okay. Cool. End of rant. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think the other lesson here is that while they say that, you know, like they have ways for people to, uh, kind of confidentially raise any concerns or issues. I think it's becoming more and more clear that if you're someone who's an employee, you'd much rather, if you really feel aggrieved, you feel much more concerned or safer, right? Uh, reaching out to the press who, you know, will keep your, uh, you know, everything you do confidential than probably most managements. And that's a really big lesson for major companies to learn. Um, because it, it can come back to bite you at any moment. Like you could think, oh, we're doing great and then we're on top of the world and then boom, here's a report and you know, God help you. Like it doesn't sound, I don't know. They don't, John didn't say how many people complain to them. Right. But like you get some of these other companies, like it was where it's a lot of people. That's when it's really freaking concerning. Yeah. I, I, yeah. We'll leave it. We'll leave it. That's well said. Yeah, we'll leave yeah. it there. <laughs> For sure. Uh, you want to wrap this up? Uh, you never. Just to be safe? <laughs> Emails! Electronic mail from the future. Even your own words are from the electronic. <laughs> right? Right. It's feeling very real. Um, if you want to write your thoughts and opinions in. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Um, actually, they, are these both short? Because they are short. I'm going to read. Oh, no, no. Okay, I'll read the longer one. <laughs> um, uh, you can write them into weeklygameschat at gmail.com. That's weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Just like. Matt did with one T. Oh, he says days of bugs. He titled this. This is fun. <laughs> hey, so I got a few hours in. I'm enjoying days gone. I'm fine with the shooting. I'm pretty much, it's pretty much like Rockstar does, except no auto aim. Yeah, it's actually pretty accurate. Uh, so far I've already fell through the world and lost a bike that way. Seen plenty of pop in story triggers not being able to be activated. I got stuck for a while on a bug upon triggering a story mission where you chase in a helicopter scene. Uh, my bike would simply not be able to throttle up. I would fail the mission because all I could do was walk the bike. That's terrible. Uh, the story also blocks you from dismounting. I restarted the game, went elsewhere and did other stuff, tried triggering the mission on and off the bike. Finally, I managed to walk the bike off a nearby cliff, forcing a dismount and got back on the bike and managed to not fail the chase scene. Phew. <laughs> Uh, I really enjoyed the game so far. It has sold. I enjoyed the sneaking and camp attacks as well as the encampment system. Now the skills work. In reply to your negative comments from last week, I do not get bothered with the silly stuff like forcing open a trunk while glass is broken. Every game has stuff like that. You are okay with zombies being real, but not with opening a trunk instead of putting your arm through a window full of broken glass. Um, yeah, that's not a major complaint for me either, Matt. I mean, it's just one of those things, you know, she's like, that's weird, you know, but that's not why I'd really knock the game. Um, <laughs> what's really, what's really funny. Uh, I went to our days gone chat yeah, yeah. on discord and punkhead5150 says, 
uh, day 15 and I just learned how to fill up with gas at the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. He goes into a little more of what happened and there's some curse words, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, you guys didn't agree with the logic of how Deacon decided not to get on the chopper or send Boozer on with Sarah. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think we, I don't think we did that at all. That, what did we do? He said, you guys didn't agree with the logic of how Deacon decided not to get on the chopper or send Boozer with Sarah. I was like, no, actually, that made sense, right? Well, I think we did talk yeah. about it, and maybe maybe it came off wrong. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he, that could he, be. He was put in a weird position. you got a best friend who's going to die if you yeah. don't stay, and you've got a, a wife who's... He made the he made the choice of to say I'm gonna you know like look if I put her here she's gonna be safe, um and I'm gonna make sure that my bro gets out too you know my yeah. booze man, uh but after I watched it, it made perfect sense to me Boozer made it clear he wasn't going on that chapter chopper he did not want to separate Deacon from Sarah Deacon knowing this and want, not wanting to leave Boozer Dyson's off Sarah quickly before Boozer can find him off with this decision sending boozer was off the table and it made clear it was made clear by boozer yeah i agree with you you know that that all makes sense i got that if, if we said anything different yeah yeah maybe i um, mean <laughs> maybe the way we explained it didn't come off clear that was not a criticism of the game um the gas it's true that the gas <laughs> gets used up too fast but if you look at fast travel and tells you uh it tells you gas usage you'll notice that a travel which consumes one gallon pretty much empties your tank. One gallon of gas is not that much. Most bikes hold a lot more fuel. Let's assume Deacon has a custom bike and a small tank is all he had. We are rebuilding the bike in the game if you think about it. Yeah, it, it's not so much that it's early on you really can't fast travel that much. That was what it is. Eventually it does get bigger and then you can really. <laughs> <laughs> then you can, uh, then you truly can travel most of the map, but it's just waiting for that to happen. You're like, uh, I got to drive through the world and you know, that can, at times that can get a little bit repetitive. Um, you know, and you know how John likes his fast travel. Um, <laughs> think about that. Yeah. I enjoy games with restricted resources. So the gas doesn't bother me as much. It more so bothered me that in a game of restricted resources, gas was completely free and available at all turns in unlimited amounts. Not that, you know, like I had limited fuel, uh, in the actual tank itself. Quick VR speak. Doom VFR is fun as hell, but it's hard. Fair point, uh, is, or far point is cool. Great step in the right direction. I'm excited to see what we'll have on next gen. Anyways, thanks for your podcast, Matt. And then he actually, he sent a follow up, uh, very short one. He said 2.0. So I guess my, uh, bike bug really broke my game. There's a flashback after the helicopter. You know which one. Yeah, I do. Uh, well, I'm not going to take, I'm not taking anyone on a ride. I see on Reddit others have had the same bug. I'm going to have to wait for a fix, I guess. They should have finished the game before release. Kind of disappointing. So I'm sorry. Yeah, I did not have anything that bad, Matt, but that sucks. Wow. Yeah. Sean, <laughs> people. Yeah, I only got a few things. Uh, we're going to we're gonna keep this portion of the program quick. This is easily uh, going to be the shortest episode we've had of Weekly Game Channel. Where are we at now? Where are we at now? 126. Do not. Do not. We're not going to worry about that. Yeah. We're not gonna worry about that. Some people got things uh, to do. Look, we're we're a personality down. Um, there are plans after the show for you that are big. 
We're giving the people we're, we're giving them the best, Chris. Um, <laughs> at Tyrannotortis uh, said at Weekly Games Chat, literally just completed hashtag God of War four. Nice. Uh, if we had a clapping sound on our soundboard for you, right, that we could put in, we would do that. Good job, sir. Yes. Uh, now I can listen to the spoiler cast from last year, and it will actually mean something. Yeah. Wow. Go beat those Valkyries. I think last week uh, on this next one at Big Griff uh, said. Uh, I think last week we talked about redneckery or some sort of thing up in Oregon where... The, yeah, I saw uh, he posted this. Yeah, he said, as far as Confederate flags and general racist garbage goes, Oregon, including Portland, had a long or has a long history of hated and hatred and redneckery. Apparently, Oregon once was a haven for the KKK, and there's a picture to go yeah, there. Yeah, so. I, I should have brought that up last week because it is kind of a known thing that a lot of uh, white... You know, and it was one of those criticisms, right, with... Um, with what you call it with uh far far cry five because it was in montana right like a lot of of those kind of groups uh those you know white supremacists or or just you know even also gun nuts and all that right like that's where they moved out to <laughs> like that's where ruby ridge was right was wasn't that in oregon or somewhere like in that area it might have been idaho all that's out there so you know it never shocks me when that's in a, a game in that area but you know, it does feel a little bit weird, right? Living down yeah. here to see it elsewhere. Cause it makes yeah. sense to us. We're all like, look, that's, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of good old boys down here and they, they like their well, Southern I, pride. I think about the civil rights movement, all the things you feel like happened in the Southern Southeast part of the world. Mm. So that's why when you think, I don't think of Oregon as being that, but I'm sure it, every state probably has some version of that for sure. But, uh, that was, that was crazy. And, and, um, you always got to thank old, uh, big riff. He could contributes he to the, the Twitter feed of, of knowledge and fun factory. Yes. Um, no new followers, followers to point out unless we accidentally followed some back before the show. If not, no problem. We're still rocking and rolling. Yeah. And now Chris will tell you how the different ways you can get in touch with us and, uh, we'll go from here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this has been episode, I believe, 204 of Weekly Game Chat. If you like the show, subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you prefer. You'll get a new one episode, not exactly like this one. This is a really unique one, but uh, still a new episode every Wednesday, uh, except maybe at the end of this month. We might take a week off. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> every now and then we do take a week off. Uh, speaking of taking a week off, I took a week off from uh, from twitch streaming but i will probably be back this next monday at 8 p.m maybe i'll move it up if i can uh for i know one of our fans on there from the uk was like do it during the day <laughs> because they want to support us but i just don't know if i could do it early enough where it would be it would make sense for him but maybe i'll see if i can figure something out and like try to stream at like say six o'clock so that's at least 11 you can watch for a little bit or, or maybe one day on your lunch break maybe you order pizza and stream from the house yeah. or or just That'd take it maybe when i'm on vacation one day i'll i'll stream early you know yeah um, if you know if we were smart we'd try our best to stream as much as possible and that could become our new revenue but we're lazy yeah <laughs> terrible <laughs> <laughs> um but yes if you want to watch us just go weekly game chat on twitch and you can join in all the fun uh and if you want to be notified when we do go live a couple of easy ways to do it one follow us on twitter but the other way if you're a member of the discord which there's a link on the twitter page too uh and you're on there anytime we go live on the general chat it will say we are going live 
so you will be able to see it. And then you can click on it and join in on the fun. You can donate there, subscribe to us if you wish, if you want to support the show. Uh, besides that, though, I will simply say, this is a good show, Sean. It we was this, good. We made this work. We are very efficient when it's us two. Yes, we are. We always it's have all been. John's fault. John so, puts a clog in everything. F John. Um, <laughs> but anyways. Hey, speaking of which, John, if you do listen to this, I know you were under the weather. I hope you feel better. Yeah, me one too. of my favorite people. Me too. I hope so. So we can all go see John Wick this weekend. Exactly. <laughs> and then we can do an episode on that next week. Screw that. Hey, do we start week. calling John John Wick? No, don't on, ever give him that. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> um, but until next time, I will simply say game on Sean. Game on Chris. Game on John wherever you are. Game on Johnny Bear. Yes, your mom's box. Peace out, everybody. John, we're here. Keep safe. Good life. Good life. All right. <laughs> <laughs>